We'll turn, if you would, this morning to Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, it is good to be in your house today, and Lord, we're thankful for the health that we have that allows us to be here today. I thank you, Lord, for the freedom that we have to assemble. Lord, I pray that you would help us today to take full advantage of what you have made available to us. God, that we would give attention to your word, that our minds would not wonder. God, that our hearts would be in tune with your word today, and that we would benefit from it. I pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I want to speak to probably a fairly large group of us. I know that this will not apply to every one of us. But I want to speak to those of us who are parents, either still involved in the process or maybe once involved in the process. Again, if you're not a parent, I know that you can't identify with this completely and entirely, but you can at least understand what I'm about to say. I think every parent who has ever raised a child for any amount of time knows this, that there are thousands of ways in which you can correct your children. Would you agree with that? There are thousands of things that we could say to them by way of some kind of correction, by way of some kind of admonition, maybe sometimes even by way of rebuke. It would simply look something like this. You need to hush. You need to stop talking so much. Did you ever say that to your kids at any point in their lives? Most of us did. Did you ever say anything like this? You need to sit still and be, just, just be still. Just sit still. Stop moving. Did you ever say that to your kids? You said something like that, I'm sure, at some point. You probably said something like this if you had more than one child in the house at the same time. You probably said, be nicer to them. Stop being so mean to them. You need to be nicer to your brother. You need to be nicer to your sister, whatever it may be. Sometimes we would say things like this. You better get those grades up at school, kiddo. You're not trying as hard as you could in this particular class. You're not paying attention to your teacher like you need to. And so we have said things like, you better start paying more attention in school. You better start doing better. The list could go on and on, the number of things that we might say to our children, again, by way of correction, by way of instruction, by way of rebuke. And I want to make this very clear in what I'm about to say. Our children need that. You understand this, don't you? Our children need every bit of that. Our children need to be told, sit up, be quiet, pay attention, stop moving around, stop being so mean to your brothers, stop being so mean to your sister, start paying attention in school. Our kids need to hear that kind of correction. They need to hear that kind of instruction. But I want us to think about something this morning, again, that really only a parent can fully identify with and fully appreciate. And that would be a scenario like this, that you're having a, a relatively important moment of teaching with your child. Have you ever had one of those? I mean, this was more than just a sit still, be quiet kind of a moment. This was one of those moments that maybe there was a, a degree of intensity associated to it. Have you ever had intense moments with your child? If you've not had an intense moment with your child, you don't really 
deserve to be called a parent, okay? Uh, Every parent has had intense moments with their children. Now, I'm not saying that those moments should not exist. But I want to ask you if this has ever happened to you. That in the midst of getting on to your child during one of those intense moments, in the back of your mind you knew that all they were doing was the exact same thing you did when you were a child. Were you ever there? I've mentioned this before, so I know it's not a complete surprise to us. But I think most of us, there have been those moments where, I mean, we're laying down the law to our kids. We're telling them this is what it's going to be. This is how it's going to take place. Buddy, we're not putting up with this anymore. And then in the back of your mind, it's like, I remember my parents having this same conversation with me. They said, buddy, we're not putting up with this anymore. I'm laying down the law. You're not going to do this. We're not going to tolerate it. And again, I'm not saying that those moments with our kids don't need to take place But I would say this, in those moments, knowing that we did exactly what they're doing, should not that change a little bit our approach and how we handle it? Because sometimes, here's what we do want to do with our children. We want to act like, well, we didn't struggle with that. We never did that. We never made those mistakes. And so what happens sometimes is this, is we lay down the law and we approach it in such a way like we had no struggles in those particular areas. It's simply not true and it's not fair to our children who are struggling with their behavior in that moment. All right? And so when we recognize that what they're struggling with is the same thing that we struggled with at some point in our lives, it should change the approach just a little bit where we have a little bit more grace, a little bit more understanding, maybe a bit more compassion to where we ease up a little bit and we say, hey, listen, I know what it's like to struggle with this. Because dad struggled with the same thing. I know what it's like to struggle with this because mom has struggled with the same thing. It ought to be that whenever we know we've done the exact same thing they've done, that we have a little bit of kindness and compassion and grace toward them and their struggle. That in mind, I want us to think about something else. I know that I've mentioned this before at some point. I don't know when it would be, but I know that I've mentioned this. And that is in our society and in our culture, there is a structure of authority that is in place even when we don't intend for it to be in place. There is a structure of authority. It's been referred to not only by myself but by many others, this thing called the pecking order. There are certain people who are up here, and then there are people underneath them. And where this person is at, there are people under them. And where this person is at, there are people under them. We understand that in society, in in our culture today, that there is an order of authority, there is a structure of authority, there is a a, a pecking order, so to speak, and, and there are just people who are by way of rank or by way of class or by way of, of position. They are over some, and of course they would be under others. That in mind, as we look in Ecclesiastes today, here's what we're going to see. 
we're going to see that Solomon is going to make mention of a class of people in their culture that was referred to as servants. In their day, in their time, in their culture, in their society, here's what many of us know and many of us understand, that a servant was about the lowest position a person could hold. A servant was the one who tended to the needs of others. The servant was the one who had to be mindful of the desires of someone else. The servant very seldom got to look at someone else and say, do this for me, meet my needs, meet my expectations, here are my demands, now go fulfill those, okay? A servant was about as low as a person could be by way of the order of authority, by way of that structure of authority. So here is the servant which meant this, there were plenty of people who were in their society above them. Are we getting this? People who were above them, who were in the eyes of society of a higher rank, of a higher position, whatever you might want to call it today. As that is so, keep this in mind, that Solomon was going to give some advice to a group of people. And the group of people was not the servants. He was not going to give the advice and the counsel and the admonition to those who were on the lower rung of life. He was going to give some advice and some counsel and instruction to those who would be over those who were servants. And as we move into this message this morning, here's what I want us to keep in mind. That probably none of us today are what we would consider to be at the lowest end of the spectrum. Meaning, more than likely, at some point in your life, in some position in your life, you are able to exercise some authority over someone, if nothing more than your children. And so I say that to say this, that this message applies to everyone. It doesn't matter who you are today. It doesn't matter where you're at in life. Because you're not the low man on the totem pole in every area of life, I promise you at some point you will need this truth. And the higher up you are, and I don't mean that to sound weird, but the higher you, up, the higher you are in society the more this message applies to us and relates to us. How do we know? Well, notice in verse number 21. Solomon says, Also, take no heed unto all words that are spoken. Also, take no heed unto all words that are spoken, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. So that lets us know that Solomon is not speaking to the servant, but rather he is speaking to the one who would be over or above the servant. So he says in verse number 21, Take no heed unto all the words that are spoken. What does it mean whenever Solomon says, Take no heed unto all words that are spoken? Well, here is what some believe that statement to mean. We're going to tie a couple of thoughts together. The first thought is this. The idea would be, don't eavesdrop and try to know what your servants are saying about you. 
Don't seek to know what others are saying about you, those who would be under you, those who would be beneath you. Now, this morning I want us to think about this for just a moment. Whenever God gives us a position of authority, when God gives us a position of, of, for lack of better words, power over someone else, sometimes, I don't know if this would be true of everyone, but I know it to be true of some, sometimes there is a curiosity then on our part to know what other people think about us or to know what other people are saying about us. Have you ever been there? I wonder what those people think about us. I wonder what these people are saying about us. I wonder what this person's opinion of me or of us would be. Now, here is what Solomon said. Solomon said, do not take heed unto all words. Do not strive to know what everyone thinks about you. For this reason, he said, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. What does it mean to curse? Well, it means this, to show a disrespect or a dishonor for someone. You realize what Solomon's saying? He's saying this. Whenever you seek out and whenever you desire to know what your servants are saying about you, what you may discover is this, is they don't have any respect for you. And they don't really honor you in the position that you hold. Now, I don't know what it would have been like for the audience that Solomon would have had in his day, but I think this would be true of many of us. That sometimes it is hard for us to grasp that not everyone that we're over is not in full support of everything that we're doing. Would you be honest with and admit to something like that? It, it, listen now, it, it would be something like this. My kids don't think I'm perfect. Yeah. You may not want to hear everything that your child said to their friends about you because what you may discover is this, is that your child takes issue with some of your parenting skills. My kid? Yes, your kid. It may be at work where you have some authority, where you have a little bit of rank over others. It is sometimes difficult for us to understand that not everyone believes that we're the greatest leader they've ever been given. And so there are times that if you strive to find out what that person thinks of you, what you would find is, is they don't think you're as great as you think you are. You find out that they don't respect you and honor you like you would assume they do. Sometimes as the pastor, you just assume everybody is appreciative of your leadership. Doesn't everybody appreciate what you said? Doesn't everyone appreciate the direction you're giving? Doesn't everyone just, just thank you for what it is you're trying to do by way of your leadership? You know what is true as a pastor? I've had to, to learn, and, and I still don't have it down all the time. But, but the reality is this, is sometimes I don't want to know what everyone is thinking about me and my leadership. I just don't. And for me to seek it out, for me to strive to know what it is, I could be very disappointed in what I learned. 
I probably shared this with you before, but several years ago I heard a preacher preaching. And he made the statement that he heard another preacher preach when he was a young preacher. And that old veteran preacher said this, that he had come to realize that in his church at any given time, there were about 20% of the members who wished he was not the pastor. That young pastor, the, the older than me, but who was the young pastor at the time he heard it, he was thinking about his church and, and he thought to himself, man, that's not the way our church operates. Man, 20% of the people, they would never, you know, the, the numbers would never be that high. And here's what he said. The longer he pastored, the more he realized 20% would actually be very favorable. If it was only 20% who did not want him to be the pastor at any given time, he said he'd feel good about it. Now, I'm just saying this, even in the position of a pastor, I don't care where we're at, not that I'm above people and I'm better by way of rank or superiority, but the reality is this, is when you are in a position of authority, when you are in a position of leadership, it does not always do you well to seek out what people think about you because you may just find out not everybody thinks you're as great as you think you are. You understand this? So it doesn't matter where you're at, you don't always want to know the opinion of everyone else. But see, there's also this thought that's associated with this statement. When Solomon said, take no heed unto all words that are spoken. Some are of the mindset and the opinion that what Solomon was trying to convey is this. Is when you hear your servants curse you, don't take it too serious. When you hear your servants disrespect you, when you hear them dishonor you, don't take it to heart and, and don't take it too serious. Now, let's be honest. I don't care what walk of life we are from. I don't care what walk of life we're talking about. I don't care what realm of, of position we're dealing with. It is hard, is it not, to not take serious the criticisms and the disrespect that might be spoken against us? I mean, if you've ever heard your child talking to their friends and they said something like this, man, my parents are so dumb. What do we want to do? Well, we want to jump in the middle of that, don't we? Oh, you think I'm dumb, huh? Is that what you want to tell your friends? Is that mom and dad are dumb? Oh, is that what you think? Oh, you th Who do you think feeds you, kid? You think it's your dumb parents who are feeding you? Oh, oh, you think we're so dumb. Who is the one giving you a place to live? Who is the one who takes you to school? Who is the one who provides for you? Isn't it amazing how offended we get when our kids just show a little bit of disrespect and we find out about it? Now, I'm not saying you just let it go, but what I am saying is this. We can't take that too serious. We can't take it to heart too much, and there's a reason why. But, but isn't it true that, that sometimes, maybe if you're at work and you find out that somebody's not real respectful of your authority, isn't it difficult sometimes to just let that go? Oh, these, these, these co-workers are talking about me, huh? <laughs> I know how to handle that. 
hey, I'd like for you to come to my office. Hey, I need to visit with you two just for a little bit. I, I, I heard that uh, this was being said. Is that so? Isn't it true that sometimes we have a hard time just letting it not bother us? I don't know about your flesh. I just know my flesh. It is hard. It is difficult sometimes to, to let it go. I know that there have been times over the years that I heard a church member said something. And I'm telling you, everything within me as the pastor wants to deal with it and confront it and address it. Because here's what I want to do. I basically want to prove to them that they're wrong, I'm right, and they need to get their attitude in line. I'm glad some of you don't struggle in this. I mean... I'm just saying, for me, here's what I find. I find that there are times it makes me so mad to know that someone doesn't think I'm as great as I think I am. There are times that I want to defend myself and explain to them every reason why I've done what I've done, why I'm doing what I'm doing, and if I'm not able to do that, you know what my flesh wants to do? My flesh just wants to dismiss them. You're obviously not smart enough to appreciate my wisdom. You, you obviously don't know how to appreciate what's been provided for you. I'm just saying that my flesh is no better than anyone else's flesh, and I have ugly tendencies sometimes. And if I find out that somebody is not showing me the respect that I think my position you know, deserves, then, then here's what I want to do. I want to just dismiss them and just act like, well, their opinion doesn't matter anyways. Again, here's what Solomon said. He said, Take no heed unto all words that are spoken, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. Why does he say you don't want to know everything that's spoken, and if you hear it, you don't want to take it too serious? Well, notice what he said in verse number 22. He said, For oftentimes also. What does that mean in verse number 22, for oftentimes also? It means this. This has happened before. And this has happened often. For oftentimes also thine heart knoweth something. Internally, here's what you know to be true. You know this. You recognize this. You understand this. That thou thyself likewise... Past cursed others. Are we listening? You know what Solomon said? Hey, listen, you, you probably don't want to know what everybody said about you. Because if you did, here's what you would discover is that you've probably got some servants out there who don't think you're fantastic, and they would be disrespectful of you, and, and what they would say might not honor you very much, so you probably don't want to know everything they've said. But also, if you were to, to come to know what they said, if it were brought to your attention, here's what you don't want to do. You don't want to take it too serious. You don't want to get too bent out of shape for this reason. You know in your heart... You know, you know good and well in your heart 
that oftentimes you have also cursed others who were over you. See, it's kind of like getting on to your child and it's intense and, and it's serious and this is important, okay? You're doing that and as you're doing it in your heart and in your mind, you're going, man, I did the exact same thing whenever I was a kid. See, if we're honest, if we're truthful, here is what we know. When we find out that somebody has been disrespectful of us and somebody doesn't appreciate the position of authority that we hold and the leadership we're trying to give, so many times our flesh wants to confront it and our flesh wants to defend ourselves or our flesh wants to write them off. And yet here is what happens in the midst of that So many times we forget that we've done the exact same thing. And in our heart, we know. We know that we've been just as disrespectful to sources of authority in our lives as people are being to our authority in their lives. I don't know what you mean. Do you really want to suggest that as a child you were always bragging on your parents to your friends? I mean, really. Were you going to your friends and saying, guys, I just, I, I just want to share with you, my parents are awesome. My parents, I, they never make mistakes in their, in their raising of me and my siblings. I'm, I'm telling you, my parents exercise such wisdom, such discretion. I, I tell you, I mean, every time they, they tell me something, it's just like, wow, Dad, where did you get this? Mom, this is amazing. Do you really think that that's what we did as kids? We know better, don't we? So if we find out that our kids are ripping us apart to their friends, I'm not saying that we don't need to address it. And if we find out that our, our kids are saying, man, my parents are dumb, my parents, they, they make some decisions I don't understand, that's not when we need to jump in and tear into them and lay down the law. You know what we need to remember? Yeah, we struggled with our attitude in that. And I'm going to address it, but I'm going to say, you know what? Uh, I want to handle this with some grace, with some compassion, with a little bit of kindness. And I want to say something like this, son or daughter, I know you're struggling with some of the decisions that me and mom have made lately. And I understand that you don't understand everything and you don't even agree with everything we're doing, but... I just want to visit with you a little bit and try to explain to you where we're coming from. Because, see, if we know, listen, if we know we struggled with it, shouldn't it change it just a little bit how we address it with our kids? Come on. Knowing in our hearts that we did the same thing and that we cursed others like our parents... It should change how we address our own kids. I mean, let's be honest. Do you and I really appreciate, or did we really appreciate every decision that our bosses made that affected us? I mean, were you the one who was 
at work always saying to the coworkers, hey, listen, that's what the authority said, and we're just going to comply, and, and we're just going to have a good attitude. You know, we're not going to gripe, and we're not going to complain. Hush thy murmuring. Did, was that you? Come on. How, how many times was that us with our coworkers? away from the earshot of our supervisor, said, I can't believe they implemented that policy. That is the craziest policy they've ever implemented. I cannot believe they're making us do this. This is ridiculous. I mean, what kind of bozo is the one giving us these orders? It's, it's the people way up top who don't even know what we're dealing with. Is it true that there were times at work that we were pretty hard on whatever the management was? That if they had heard what we were saying, they would have realized we didn't exactly respect and honor their decisions. Now, what's my point? My point is this. Okay, you know you did it. So now if it's happening to you, that's not where you tear into the employees that you have authority over. That's not where you call them in and you say, hey, we're going to lay down the law and we're going to set some things straight. You may not like the decisions, but that's how it's going to be around here. And if you don't like it, you can leave. Now, listen, that may be what you eventually have to get to. But what I am saying is this, is we need to remember that in our hearts, listen, we need to remember in our hearts that we did the exact same things that these knuckleheads are doing. And that ought to have some impact on how we treat them. And how we handle that, how we approach it. I've not always agreed with every step of direction that a pastor gave. And I'm ashamed to say that there have been plenty of times that I found that kindred spirit in the church that I was able to gripe to and they were able to gripe with me. And we were able to just vent and express our lack of approval over what the pastor had done. You know what I need to remember? That whenever it happens in this church, I've been guilty of the same thing. And that's not whenever I need to then rip into people, confront them, remind them who the spiritual leader of the church is, and, and they're bucking not just me, but they're bucking the authority of God. That, that's not my place. My place is to remember, man, I struggled with the same thing. And because of that, I need to show some grace, and I need to show some compassion, and I need to show some kindness because I know in my heart I did the exact same thing. And see, truly, wherever you want to apply this, wherever you want to plug this in, you know it to be true. I don't care what it is you are over. I don't care if it's a volunteer group that you have the head position or you have the vice head position. You know, you are in this volunteer group and you've got people who work for you and you find out that they don't appreciate all that you're doing. Don't they know that you're volunteering? Don't they know that you've got other things that you could be doing? Hey, before we get all upset at them, you know what we need to remind ourselves when we were involved in that volunteer group we were the ones getting bent out of shape over what somebody else was doing see we don't always want to know what everyone is saying about us 
But if we do find out what someone is saying about us, maybe isn't as respectful or as filled with honor as we would like it to be, as we would want it to be, before we get angry, before we confront, before we try to prove ourselves right and prove them wrong, before we write them off and dismiss them because they don't agree with us, you know what we need to do? We need to remember, I've done the same thing. Man, I've done the same thing. And because of that, probably ought to change my approach just a little. It's kind of funny, just yesterday, my parents were in town and they didn't know what I was preaching today and I didn't share with them what I was preaching but I was having a conversation with my mom, and I said, Mom, I'd rather you just not repeat this to anyone, because here's what I know. I said, I know that people can be critical sometimes, and, and I just, I, I just, I'd prefer you to not to repeat what I've told you. And she said, oh, trust me. She said, trust me, I know. She said, people can certainly be critical. And then she said this, and I know I've been critical sometimes about the very same thing. And then she said, just to help me, I guess, and you've been critical of the exact same thing. And you know what I wanted to say? Shut up, Mom. This isn't about me, okay? It's about everybody else. But you know what I had to say? You're right, Mom. Listen, you're right, Mom. I've been critical as well. So if this news gets out, if this is said, if you repeat it, whatever it may be, if that happens and people are critical or bothered or they're upset and they say some things I don't appreciate, I just need to remind myself because I know in my heart, you know what, I've done the same thing. Let's show a little bit of grace, show a little bit of compassion, show a little bit of mercy because they're doing what I've done. And it could be, it really could be that this morning there are some people in your life that you're not exactly treating too well because you know that they're not exactly too hip on you right now. You know, they've not really been showing you the respect that you think you deserve, so you've kind of changed your tone or your feelings toward them. Can I just remind you that that's not the best way to approach it? And if it's not happening right now, I can promise you at some point in the future, you'll find out somewhere out there not everyone likes you as much as you like yourself. Before we get upset, before we get out, you know, just get bent out of shape, we need to remind ourselves that in our hearts we know this to be true. We've had the exact same struggle toward other people. And if that'll help us respond different, it may resolve conflict in ways we never dreamed possible. But if all we do is jump to our defense and we act like we have never done anything wrong in this area of life, I can promise you nothing will be resolved in a way that it needs to be resolved. So whether we need it now or we need it in the future, I hope we'll remember we've been just as guilty and that ought to show us, or that ought to reveal in us or produce in us some grace toward those who have wronged us. 
Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, we come to you this morning. I pray that you'd help us to be men and women who are careful to not take everything so serious that may be said about us. God, that we would respond with a right attitude and a right spirit when we know we've been guilty of the same thing at times past. So, Lord, if it's needed today or if it's needed later, I pray that you'd remind us of the truth of this message when we need it. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.